Well, hello, Lifeline Live people. Uh, my name is Luke, if we have never met before, and it is so good to be here together online. Uh, I love the time that we get to spend uh, getting to know God more and uh, digging into his word. So wherever you're watching or listening to this, I'm just glad that we are spending this time together. Okay, I want to begin, as I often do, by asking you a question, and here it is. Do you, are you one of those people that uses words like, that's not the whole question. Let me pause. Are you one of those type of people that uses words without like fully understanding the meaning of them? I was thinking about this question the other day because I uh, saw someone comment on an Instagram or something, the word lit, like that was lit. And I was thinking, I know I sound really cool saying the word lit. I'm just going to try to infuse it into my uh, vocabulary. But I was thinking, like, does that person actually, like, could they describe what lit means? Like, what the word means when you say that is lit? Or I think of, like, when I was a kid, uh, I, I heard someone say, like, let's hope this happens. Knock on wood. And I was like, that's made up. That's not a real thing. And I challenged them. It was my sister-in-law. And I was like, did you just make that up? Like, what does that even mean? And she told me. And turns out, I just didn't know what that meant. I almost always do this uh, when someone sneezes. I say something that I don't really know what it means. No, I'm not a weirdo. I do not say tight. <laughs> that would be weird. And if you do, I have a lot of questions because like, what are you, what, do you even know what you're saying? What even, who came up with that? Is it just, oh, it's German? It's German. Okay. I didn't know that. I, I thought, Here's legit what I thought. I thought they were just speaking the sound of the sneeze. I actually thought that. And I was like, is it like an owl call or something where someone sneezes and you're like, kazoo tights or whatever. I didn't know. Uh, but I'm like a, a more normal human being. And I say, bless you when someone sneezes. Although right now we're in a pandemic, so I give them a dirty look first. And then I say, read the room. Don't sneeze right now. And then I say, bless you. Of course. No, I don't actually do that. But I was just thinking, like, anytime I say bless you to someone who sneezes and they say thank you, I feel like a good human for like a second. And then I'm like, why do we do this? <laughs> like, I understand what bless you means, but like, why there? Why at that time? Like, I wish I could just walk around saying bless you to everyone without seeming weird. Okay. I'm done with my sneezing rant. The reason I even asked the question is because we are in a series about prayer. And I would guess that uh, when it comes to prayer in your life, and if I'm being honest, in my life, we often say things in our prayers uh, that we don't really understand, like, the meaning of them. Or maybe we even forget the meaning of them. And I want to look at one of those phrases uh, tonight. It's actually how many people begin their prayers. Now, there are really two options that you might think like what we're going to talk about. The first one is the classic, how pe many people begin their prayers, dear God. We're not talking about that one, uh, but a lot of people say that. What we are talking about is something I start about every prayer with, and it's two words. It's heavenly father. Have you heard this before? Maybe when someone's praying for a meal, uh, they begin with heavenly father, or when you're praying before bed, you just naturally say heavenly father. That's kind of how you begin your prayers. Listen, I, if I'm being honest, I say it like all the time and I don't really pause to think about 
what it means. And so tonight, that's what I want to do. I want to look at these two words, Heavenly Father, which are actually a, a, a paraphrase or a like shrunk down version of the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. I want to look at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. And I think when we kind of unpack those two words, we will see just how good God is. And that's my hope for our time together. So uh, if you have a Bible or if you have a way of, of following along with me, uh, the Lord's Prayer, the one we're going to look at, or the, the place in the Gospels we're going to look at, is in Matthew 6. Now, uh, turn there, and I'll kind of give you some background. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is right in the middle of a sermon, a collection of teachings called the Sermon on the Mount. And this is Jesus telling his followers kind of uh, what it is like to live a life following him. And in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, we have the Lord's Prayer. And essentially, this is Jesus teaching his followers how to pray. We're going to look at the first line this week. And then uh, as the series continues and ends over the next couple weeks, we'll look at the rest of it. Okay? So this is in Matthew 6, and it begins in verse 9. So this is, this is what it says. Pray like this. This is Jesus talking here. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven... May your name be kept holy. So that's how the Lord's Prayer start, starts. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Now, uh, this isn't like a major part of my teaching, but I do want to point out one thing as kind of like a side note here. When Jesus is instructing his followers uh, to pray, what does he have them like focus on as they begin? He uh, asks them and models for them that they focus on God, not on themselves or the things they want from God. He says, focus in on who God is. And then he says these words, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. What do those words mean? So we'll start with the first one, our Father. Of all the words that Jesus could have chosen to uh, instruct his followers to pray, he begins with these two, our Father. And so you have to know, like, of any of the words he could have chosen, he chose these, and that makes them vital and important and worth kind of thinking about. What would Jesus want us to direct our attention to as we pray? Our Father. See, I think Jesus wants us to recognize God as our father. I mean, you might say, duh, that's obvious. It's literally the words. But listen here. I think he wants us to slow down and acknowledge that our relationship with God is like that of a loving father. It's a part of God's character. See, uh, God is, is close. He knows us like a loving father. He cares for us. He cares about you specifically. And God doesn't just know about you. He doesn't just like, it's not like he could just pick you out in a crowd. No, he knows you more than you know yourself. He knows you inside and out. He knows you, uh, your, your secrets. He knows your, the things that you love about yourself, the things that you wish you were different. He knows all of it. He knows you at your best moments and at the moments where you feel like you're worse. He knows you more than you could ever comprehend. He knows you. 
And there is a, a psalm, a, a poem in Scripture, in the kind of halfway in the Bible, that is King David, who wrote all these song, songs about God, uh, kind of reflecting on the fact that uh, God is close and he is near. And I, I want to, I, I'll put up the reference on the screen, but I want to just read this over you right now. And I want you to uh, listen to David's words as if they were your own. Because David's reality was that God was extremely close to him. And that is the same reality that you and I live in because it's a part of who God is. So this is in Psalm 139, verse 7 to 14. Just listen to these words. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are, are the same to you. And I love this part here. Listen to this. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. These are David's words of praise to God for how close he is. And there are words that we can reflect on. My friends, listen, God is closer than you could ever imagine. When you feel like you're totally alone and you're like, no one really knows the, the real me, I have news for you. God is closer than you could ever imagine. And he knows you and he loves you. When you feel like you're left by yourself to take on all of the complexities and difficulties of this world, God is closer than you could ever imagine. This is a truth that we can hold on to, our Father. So when we look at this word, our Father, I have a, a chart that I want to pull up here. We, we learn that he is our Father, that he is loving, that he is caring, that he is interested in you and me. Not just that he casually knows, knows us, but he desires a close relationship with us and that he is close. This is who God is, but it's not all who God is. See, as we read this passage of Matthew 6, 9, the beginning of the Lord's prayer, Jesus says, pray like this, our father, that's the first part, right? In heaven, may your name be kept holy. And so we, we reflected on our father and we learned that as we're praying, we can slow down and think about the ways in which God is close and loving and a good father. But what about this other part? In heaven, may your name be kept holy. Well, it's the same question. Why would Jesus include this in the Lord's Prayer, in his instructions for us of how to pray? I think he wants us to reflect on and direct our attention to how magnificent and powerful and mighty and great God is. Not just great, like better than good great, but like great, like mighty, greater than we could imagine beyond our comprehension. 
See, the, the word holy, may your name be kept holy, means set apart. And so what, what uh, Jesus is saying here is like, God is our father in heaven. He is uh, beyond space and time. He is uh, greater than we could ever imagine. And when he says, may your name be kept holy, he's reiterating that truth. There's another passage I want to read, and it's God's words uh, spoken of him, that he speaks of himself through his prophet Isaiah. It's in Isaiah uh, 55, and uh, I'm going to read this for you. 55, verse uh, 8 and 9. This is what God says about himself. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. This, these are the words that God speaks about who he is. God is beyond time and space. He is greater and more mighty than you and I could ever comprehend. God is greater than you could dream. And maybe right now in this season, what's happening in the world, you think like the world is just in trouble. Like everything seems like a mess. Well, listen, God is greater than we could dream. And he is infinitely wise and he is in control as hard as it can be to notice this. And maybe that's how you feel about your world right now. It's like everything just seems to be crumbling down, broken relationships, and this season just seems so hard to get through. Listen, God is greater than you could ever dream. He is wise, and he is gently leading you through this season. So as we've taken some time to uh, look at our Father, or sorry, in heaven, this phrase, in heaven, we learned some things about God, and I'll bring the graph up again. We learned that he is infinite and powerful, that he is the creator and the sustainer of life, and that he is great and mighty. This is who God is. It's like in taking a look at just this short phrase, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, we learned so much about God. We learn that God is greater than we could ever dream, yet closer than we could imagine. That he is so much far beyond what we could comprehend, yet he desires to know us. That is incredible. And when I just fold my hands and pray and I say, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for a good day. And I, I'm not giving God the credit that he deserves. We serve a God who can be both things. I want to bring up the graph one more time. It's like we serve a God who can equally be infinite and loving. We serve a God who can be powerful yet caring, creator and sustainer yet interested in you and me, the big things and the small things that are going on in our lives. We serve a God who is so great and mighty yet close to us like a father. That is incredible. So you and I have a decision to make about what we do with this information, right? Like, okay, we just learned about our father. He's close. He's loving. He's caring. All these great attributes of God. 
And we learned in heaven, he's powerful, he's mighty, all these things. And he is both of those at the same time. There's some reactions we can have to that. The first one is we can say, now, logistically speaking, this doesn't make any sense. You can't be both uh, great, powerful, mighty, beyond time, and also like involved in specific people's lives. Doesn't make sense. And you can check out and you can walk away and say, it's too complicated. And people do. Or you can say, you know what? I, I don't really understand how you can be both of those things, loving and powerful. Uh, so I'm just going to focus on the loving part in my life. And I'm going to kind of live my life as if he's only loving and not very powerful. That's just easier for me to kind of uh, understand. And you can kind of like recraft God, a revision of God in your own mind, and you're missing out on understanding him for his greatness. Or you and I can respond by rejoicing, by worshiping him, by rejoicing at the fact that we follow a God who is both. We follow a God who is loving and who is beyond time and space. We follow a God who is more powerful than we could comprehend, yet loves us more than we could dream. That is the God we follow. And that, my friends, invites us to rejoice. To, re to rejoice at the fact that God doesn't fit inside of our, our brains, that there are things about him we can't comprehend. That is a comforting thing for me. That is a reason to worship him and put him at the center of my life. I'm rejoicing. I have joy. I have hope in the fact that I don't fully understand God, that he could be so mighty and beyond time, yet care about me. That he could be so uh, great beyond all measure that all these people all over the world worshiping him, yet he desires a relationship with me and you. I rejoice for my Father in heaven. And I want you to as well. And I invite you to do that. See, I've just kind of uh, revealed to you the goodness of God, that he is uh, both near and powerful, loving and beyond time. And now you have an opportunity to rejoice, to celebrate who God is through singing. And so we have uh, some worship team members here with us to lead us in a time of rejoicing, of centering our hearts on the God who is our Father in heaven. So listen to these words that they sing, sing them if you're comfortable, and rejoice in who God is.